From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network, wherever you may be around the world. Great to have you with us, beaming right here from little old Modesto, California. Beaming. We are beaming. Yeah, you know, I was just reflecting yesterday at, uh, by the way, but we had a wonderful time. We did. Uh, yesterday, uh, worshiping with uh, the good folks, Pastor Daryl Fair's church. Now, Daryl was out of town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the rioting will, will probably dim down by then that occurred yesterday. Tomato throwing. No, no, tomato throwing. Anyway, so uh, what, what a wonderful uh, place, the uh, Renaissance. Uh, Center, Christian mm-hmm. Center. They're 126 H Street. Just had a wonderful time there, thanks to them. And a and, uh, week before that, uh, Pastor uh, Chuck Lois. Wasn't that And a uh, great yeah. time at uh, the Modesto Free Will Baptist mm-hmm. Church. And great new friends there. Happy to have you as part of the uh, ABC family. New volunteers and everything. We Absolutely. Hey, just a reminder, friends, uh, we need your help coming up on September 11. That's Saturday, September 11. From uh, 8.30 in the morning until noon, we're going to let you have the rest of the day off. But from 8.30 to noon, we sure appreciate your help. We're going to be back in the airport neighborhood of the Modesto area, which, uh, like the name implies, is near the airport. Imagine that. <laughs> hey. Yeah, anyway, we'll need your help in the airport neighborhood. Last year on uh, in May of 2009, we took uh, about 22 tons of debris out of the alleyways there. That was there. a lot of stuff. That was a lot of debris. Oh, yeah. And uh, then we came back last September, almost a year ago, and we took 36.8 tons of debris out of there. And so we're looking to uh, help the folks again in the airport neighborhood. Uh, so bring your work gloves and uh, your weed whackers water. and uh, water. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's important. We'll supply the porta potties if you bring everything else. It's always and, a good uh, thing when you're drinking water. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. And uh, so anyway, we'd love to have you join us. In fact, your group or church, if they could call us ahead of time, we'll assign you a sector so that you can go scope it out ahead of time and know exactly what you're going to need for that cleanup effort. And this is a wonderful partnership with the city mm-hmm. of uh, Modesto and the uh, county of Stanislaus as, as well with Mission Greater Modesto. So give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Be happy to set you up with that opportunity to serve. Right now, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. It's 1890, China. Chang, a thief and a womanizer, had gone blind. But when his eyesight is partially restored at the mission hospital, he gratefully accepts Jesus as his savior. 
A missionary testing Chang to make sure his conversion is genuine and not just emotional gives him a challenge. Go and tell your neighbors how you have changed. When I visit, if you are still following Jesus, I will baptize you. Five months later, the missionary is astonished to see 400 others waiting with Chang to be baptized. In the years to follow, Chang would lead thousands to salvation before he is beheaded, a martyr for the gospel of Christ. How do you respond to the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. Isn't that amazing? 4,000 people wow. that, uh, that he touched and, uh, and eventually beheaded. You know, we, we get mm-hmm. all wrapped around the axle over, uh, you know, what color carpet to put in the I church know, or things like true. that. You Baptism, know, not, very, very, but man, you know, it's the real stuff it is. out there. And we need to remember our, our brothers and sisters around the world. Absolutely. You who know, are speaking, still being persecuted yes. for this. Can faith. I just say something about baptism? Absolutely. I got to witness a 92-year-old woman get baptized yesterday. Oh, how It cool. was so sweet. It was just precious. They yes. didn't keep her under too long, I hope. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> she bounced right back. She That's was really right. sprite. She was just, oh, she was just, oh, that it was great. amazing. It was awesome. When I got baptized by immersion, they... Kept you down. Held me down as long as they could. <laughs> but I came back. You came back from Yeah, so there. Yes, you did. <laughs> Let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus in the Pacific It's Justice time Institute. for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. California's 3rd District Court of Appeals has resoundingly vindicated a youth pastor who was arrested for having a religious conversation. Yes, Matthew Schnatchko was arrested in 2007 at the Roseville Galleria Mall for having a conversation with two shoppers about faith. Even though he asked permission to chat, a store employee called security because mall rules ban potentially, quote, controversial conversations. Well, the residing justice wrote the unanimous decision Decision, which called the mall's rules unconstitutionally vague and restricting free speech. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. I think the most controversial conversations are at malls and when you get the bill. You know, I, <laughs> what's the hassling the youth pastor? That, that was oh, interesting. Well, good for the 3rd District Court of Appeals. Good for them. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Well, the Volunteer Center of the United Way has some opportunities for volunteers. The Center for Human Services with their 24th annual Edible Extravaganza. Now, this doesn't sound like something for volunteers, but it really is. Not only can you go eat your way through this this little ordeal, but uh, you can also volunteer. The Central Valley's most anticipated food and beverage show is going to be held on Thursday, September 2nd from 5 to 9 at the Modesto Center Plaza, and uh, it's going to be lots of fun. The region's finest restaurants, caterers, bakers, confectioners, vendors, uh, local growers, and live entertainment, all under one roof. Volunteers, here we go, ages 21 years and older, uh, are needed to bus tables, check in corporate sponsors, take ticket stubs, and just kind of mingle and. Uh, well, I thought of, you wanted like a quality control inspector. Well, you know, rather, you might uh, just thing. fit that bill uh, and uh, well, just make the rounds and have a lot of fun. Good thought. Um, nevertheless, check in <laughs> and uh, see what this is all about. The Center for Human Services providing quality programs focusing on youth, family, and community services in the areas of prevention, early intervention, 
and treatment, parent, family, education, and counseling. So we just uh, encourage you to do that. Anytime you can uh, mingle with people and relate and let your light shine, we're all for that. Get involved with Reading Works Adult Literacy Program. Teach an adult to read. Volunteers, ages 16 years and older. A tutor orientation, Wednesday, September 15th, followed by a tutor training on Saturday, September 18th. Both will be held at the Modesto Library Auditorium. Reading Works, a partnership of the Stanislaw County Library and the Stanislaw Literacy Center, providing free literacy services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills in Stanislaw County. The Stanislaw County Area Agency on Aging and Veteran Services help improve the quality of life for seniors experiencing depression and emotional difficulties. Mature volunteers ages 55 years and older. We say that very carefully because a couple of us here qualify. Are needed. I'm not sure I qualify as mature, though. <laughs> I might make the age we thing. We are going to touch that the mature one part tonight, we're not I sure about. Anyway, we're needed to regularly visit older adults who are having trouble overcoming difficulties or facing significant changes in their lives and just connecting with seniors to services and kind of helping them to cope and uh, provide support. Volunteer senior peer counselors is what this is all about. You need to attend an initial 30-hour training and uh, you're supervised by professional uh, clinicians. Uh, volunteers uh, must possess sound judgment, past the mic, and have an enthusiastic and healthy philosophy of life. You need to be able to relate well with other peers and uh, kind of commit to a year of service and have a valid California driver's license. I think that's not a problem. Insurance and vehicle and pass a background check, and I think that's not a problem either. The Area Agency on Aging provides leadership and services uh, which protect and enhance the quality of life that relate to older persons and persons with functional impairments. And we just love the Area Agency on Aging. We partner with them on many different occasions and levels. And if you have any questions about any of these opportunities to serve, call our good friend Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. Or you can email her at bborba at uastan.org. Now here in the uh, AVC uh, area, we have an electric scooter needed. It's for a woman uh, who... For her, she, while she gets her scooter repaired, I should say, she can, uh, you can connect with her IHSS worker directly. And her name is Lori Guerrero, and she can be reached at 209-735-8485. You know, other people can read my writing better than I can. I just, anyway. We'll uh, get through this. Yard work in well, There's Patterson. a reading works thing, you know. You know, that, I need to attend yeah, that again. Just, and I did uh, attend that at one time. You did? That's I correct. Did. That's, that's a great program. A, it's a great program, so uh, maybe I should attend it again. <laughs> Yard work in Patterson for an elderly couple, mm. uh, and all their children live out of town. We run across this many, many times, so they aren't able to help their parents with uh, their yard work, their maintenance, and so forth. So if you could bless their need and show them uh, love, please call us for details on that. If you're in the Patterson area, give us a call. Now, um, our dialysis patient needing rides on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday mornings. Um, the Thursday morning was filled just today. Mm, Kay awesome. in uh, uh, Escalon called and filled the Thursday morning. So um, we still need Tuesdays and Saturday mornings to uh, 
uh, be filled. 8 a.m. is when she needs to be there and picked up at 1.30 and returned to her Escalon home. So this is a great need. We have so many people in our area who need these life-saving dialysis treatments. And so if you are home during the week on any of these days and you can provide transportation from her Escalon home to the Oakdale Kidney uh, Treatment Center and then back to her home, please give us a call. It is just a a wonderful way to bless someone and actually keep them alive. Uh, Our number is 209-544-9571. Again, that's uh, 209-544-9571. We will connect you with opportunities to serve your neighbors. You know, that scooter need, you ever gotten in one of those? I have, and I, the, I have some of those rip pretty good. You they know, do. of course, Mister Al, you know, had me in one of those and <laughs> and put like a four forty on it. You know, a four barrel carburetor, and I was doing wheelies down McHenry. Uh-oh. It was quite a quite an amazing Uh-oh. thing. But uh, real uh, good need, and, and and again, friends, if if uh, you can provide any help with this, we'd appreciate that. Exactly. You know, the rides to the kidney dialysis appointments. We have volunteers. That's what they do. We do. That's all they do. They just enjoy, you know, taking people and, and giving them that, that life service. And so, please, uh, if you have that ability, uh, we'd appreciate your call. And, uh, again, we don't browbeat our volunteers. Right. Uh, whatever uh, works with your schedule, we're happy to uh, accommodate you on that. Absolutely. And we appreciate uh, all of our volunteers. You know, ABC serves a large population uh, of seniors, and certainly we serve the old and young alike uh, all across the board. Yet we have a soft place uh, in our hearts for our elderly population as we grow closer to that population ourselves. But joining us for the first time here on Lighthouse Live this week uh, are guests who serve in a big way the seniors in our community uh, and just have a service and a ministry uh, to their clientele. And so we warmly welcome uh, from Right at Home is the name of uh, their organization, uh, Rick Carson and Susan Reiner. To Lighthouse Live. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's just a, a thrill to have you here. Uh, met you for the first time, well, probably at uh, one of our local churches here, but didn't know that we had these other things in common. You recently gave a presentation at the STOAC meeting. Both of you, Rick kind of led it. STOAC, meaning Services to Older Adults Advisory Council. I'm glad you know all those acronyms. Well, I, I, they're just beyond me. I don't I know lose if I sight of them. Just have to, you know, after we do these things for a few years, it's just kind of built in. And I worked for government for 25 years. And you years. know all, all those government it. things. You know. I forgot them. Anyway. Uh, we it's the short-term memory thing. It's that yeah. aging Maybe you can help me with that. What does the AARP stand for? I'm not it stands for that mailing <laughs> they keep sending me, and I keep telling them I am not. I'm in denial, so stop it. (laughs) Rick, um, Right at Home, tell us about what Right at Home is, and then we want to know about that famous tour that we've been hearing a lot about. Okay. Right at Home is in-home care for senior citizens. Um, We have caregivers that work for us that go into the home, take care of somebody in their home. Um, The ID idea being that they don't necessarily have to go into assisted living. Um, We do also work within assisted living if somebody's there and needs additional care, and we do that as well. Rick, uh, this is a a major need right now in our our society. You know, we often reflect, Elaine, that 
And we're one of the few cultures in the world that kind of tend to throw our seniors away. You know, we, we, we put them aside, we, we put them away, and whereas other cultures uh, exalt them and honor them. Uh, big need, and, and talk to, uh, a little bit about the value and just the emotional uh, positivity of being able to stay home and four walls that you're familiar with. I mean, that helps us a lot, doesn't it, as, as, oh, yeah. as we age? It does. Um, two years ago, a little over two years ago, um, I was in the Philippines mm-hmm. and um, doing a short-term mission trip there. And um, we gave wheelchairs to disabled and elderly people. And it was amazing to see these elderly people in their homes. Um, they stay there until they die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the families respect them and treat them as the person that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll even go to them for making family decisions <clears throat> as kind of the last word. In America, we kind of have a different attitude. And, <clears throat> excuse me, to me, it's very disappointing. Mm. Um, we have a tendency to want to shelf our elderly because we're too busy for them. Um, you know, we'll put them in assisted living and take away the dignity that they deserve and, and take away their independence. And, I can assure you that every elderly person out there wants to maintain their independence and keep their dignity. Absolutely. Dignity is a very important word. And, um, you know, we see that on a daily basis. And I know you guys see that uh, as well. And, you know, when a person loses that dignity, I'm sure you see that they lose their will uh, to live a lot of times. Uh, They do. Um, All you have to do is go in. And I'm, there's a there's a, a place for assisted living, skilled nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go in and you see some of the people hanging their heads and, mm-hmm. you know, almost lifeless, um, some of them is because of a, a condition. Others is because they see no hope. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why we do what we do is to give them hope that they can stay within yes. their walls. And, Elaine, you mentioned um, – the familiarity, and and that's very important. Um, sometimes a family will move an elderly person in with them um, to stay there. Uh, it, that's a good thing, uh, but it's moving out of their own place into somebody else's. And um, you know, we do provide care for people in that situation, but we find that even then, they still have a certain amount of they've given up a lot. And, and, you know, we just hate to see that happen. Rick, what, uh, what motivated you to uh, establish right at home? What, uh, what, there must have been some kind of passion oh, there you, that drove that. You should that. not have asked that. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I, I feel a story here. <clears throat> we, well, my wife and I, uh, Diane, were in the construction industry. And when the economy started to slow down, we were looking at other alternatives to for income. And, um, and we prayed about it a lot. We spent a lot of time researching. We looked at a lot of different opportunities. Um, I think, though, that the experience that we had in the Philippines really told us that we want to be giving more of ourselves and, um, and serving the elderly community more. We, in my previous business, um, I did some of that. Um, but not obviously like we do now. And and so we prayed about it a lot, and, and my wife and I are the kind of people that throw fleeces to God and say, show us. 
And uh, <clears throat> so we threw out the fleece and um, went through all the steps, and we wound up purchasing then the Ride at Home franchise for this area. Mm. Um, and it's been a struggle as well as a blessing. Um, the blessing comes from the people that we get to meet, mm. the people that we take care of. Um, it's a thrill. We have a client that actually she had been in rehabilitation and uh, and then went in back to her home because she didn't want to stay there. And so we provided round-the-clock care for her. And it was so fun to go visit her. She has no family in America. Mm. She's from Germany. She has no family in Germany. Yeah. Uh, so what she has is a few friends here um, in Modesto. And so we kind of befriended her and... Still, she's no longer a client because she's rehabilitated past where she needs us. But we still stop in and see her. Oh. And, you know, she's fun to talk to. Um, and she just, she laughs. And it's fun. I mean, and that's that's what it's about. It's relationships, it's, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's about yes. relationships and, and allowing that person to get back mm-hmm. to where they can be independent again. Yes. I notice uh, Susan Reiner at the end of the table here shaking her nodding her head. Yeah, up. Yeah. And it sounds like you have that same kind of passion. How, how does this touch your heart, Susan, and uh, what, what, what led you to become involved? Well, I was working in, in Stanislaus County as the director of social services for a skilled nursing facility. And I really loved my residents. I loved what I was doing. There just wasn't enough hours in the day to get it all finished. And so... The job came available with Rick, and I thought, what a great way to continue what I'm doing and more personal, one-on-one, and really be able to finish the job, not just start it and get three-fourths of the way through it, but to actually take it full circle. So I went ahead and jumped in with him, and it, I, I'm really passionate about what, what I do. Everyone, every senior that I work with is somebody that I care about. Mm-hmm. It's it's a family member, an extended family member of ours and rick rick is very very good to his clientele um he also sees them as family it's not just a client we really are a close family sure have either of you ever cared for one of your family members in a way at the end of their season i have have? i have Yes. yes i have yeah actually we have caregivers that provide care for my mom Mm-hmm. And uh, I love my mom. She's still at home, and my, and my dad. Um, <clears throat> and we only provide care for a short time each week. But uh, she's actually weeded out a few caregivers for me. So, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so she's been a blessing to me too. So it uh, does take a special kind of person to do really what does. you all do, because yeah. I mean, not just everybody. You know, we're not all cookie cutters. Yeah. And, and not everybody does the same kind of work. You know, we're not all called to do the same thing. And we realize that. We see that in our volunteers. Speaking of which, do you guys utilize volunteers? We do in a different capacity. Yeah, we do. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, it, it's another business that sprang out of uh, the right-at-home mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is kind of what you're leading to. Um, but... Yeah, first I want to say passion is critical. Mm -hmm. And um, when I interview caregivers and I do my screening, um, there's a lot of people out there that would qualify to be a caregiver. There's not very many of them that truly have a passion um, for senior citizens. Mm -hmm. And 
and I can honestly say that all of my caregivers expressed to me that they really have a passion. And it's not just because they said they have a passion, um, but through the screening process, I've determined that they do. What do you look for? <clears throat> I look for people that cry during the interview mm. when they're telling a story mm. or an experience they've had with a senior citizen. And, uh, and then I look at those stories, and I listen to them, and I give them an opportunity to express themselves um, because, it, as you said, it's relational mm-hmm. and, and it's personal. Yes. And, uh, and so that's what I look for. More than, that's, more than anything else in a caregiver, that's what I look for. We talked, uh, you mentioned earlier, Rick, about uh, we Americans shelving our elderly. Let's, uh, let's look at that for just a moment. We get so busy, don't we, in our lives. And, and you know, that's not... I mean, we all do it. <laughs> I think, you know, if we're working, we're raising our family, and it just, it happens. Um, going to school, many, you know, many of us, uh, many, uh, a lot. And so um, there are a lot of places, many times, for the, um, you know, the older um, members of the family to go to. And we have a lot of great places uh, that afford us that opportunity. Um, but, you know, that can be a fault <laughs> uh, to a certain extent also. Because we can forget, you know, um, our family members and loved ones. Um, we can forget to visit them. We can forget that they have needs. We can forget to, um, you know, take care of them. We can, you know, there's a lot of things that are involved there. So, how do we, how do we work toward that, and how do we resolve that? What can you address that? I told Susan I was going to look at her until she spoke, and uh, she's not going to. So um, I think that we need to realize that um, the Bible is very specific on how we treat our our parents. Um, You know, it talks about honoring them, and it talks about widows and, and providing for them. And, and I take that very seriously. Um, And, you know, I would encourage everybody out there to look at, at one point, you know, your mom was the person that was nursing you yes. and caring for you as you grew. Your dad was there for you, you know, encouraging you and carrying you, you know, through life. Um, and now they need us. And um, for us to withhold that, uh, that help or caring that, they're, that they need, um, it's just not right. It's not godly. And um, in my mind, if we're not doing it, we're sinning. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, and with the uh, aging of the baby boomers and, or the builders and the baby boomer generation, you know, this is uh, an issue that is increasing uh, for is. us. And uh, by the way, I didn't really make the introductions here. You're listening to Lighthouse Live, Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and our predecessor here, the inimitable Mr. Owl. With us as well, and some special people from right at home, Rick Absolutely. Carson and Susan Reiner, with us, and uh, also um, have one of our volunteers from yes. the University of Phoenix yes. with us uh, here as well. Eugene and Bulgarian. you know, yes. and and the University of Phoenix has just been a wonderful partnership, really by the way, is. over the yes. past uh, past year or two, and uh, we're just uh, very very enthused and, mm-hmm. and blessed to be uh, mm-hmm. be able to work with you. Um, Rick, as uh, as we look at this uh, very quickly. Uh, we're going to head into the break here in just a second. Give us a thumbnail sketch of what Right at Home specifically provides uh, people who uh, need some assistance in, in uh, 
having their elderly uh, parents or grandparents taken care of at home. Okay. Um, there's a term called activities of daily living uh, in the medical field. It's known as the ADLs. And um, as a person gets older, they quite often cannot perform all of their ADLs. And so when my caregivers come into the home, they would assist with light house cleaning, meal preparation, medication reminders, uh, transportation to a doctor's appointment, hair appointment, um, and, and just be a companion for them, somebody that they can talk to, that they visit with, maybe play games, go for walks, um, that type of thing. So you're really looking for that all-important human contact. Oh, yeah. And uh, not, not necessarily a, a deep medical background here, but no. someone with a passion to, uh, to help the elderly. And, and I would uh, also imagine a great dose of patience required awesome as well. You that? know, patience is important, um, but I think the relationship is the most mm -hmm. important. Um, we had a caregiver two weeks ago that was um, actually attacked by an elderly person. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and she didn't do anything wrong, you know. The the this woman um, had some mental issues that she wasn't dealing with and uh, had gotten out of control. And mm. um, but the caregiver didn't change her, you know. I mean, yeah, we probably are working towards when we do pr provide care for this person again that it'll be under mm -hmm. different circumstances. Mm. Um, but the caregiver just. She loves what she does. She loves mm -hmm. the people that mm -hmm. she provides care for. So, I'm sure there are all kinds of situations oh, that all pop up there. and you have to deal they're with all, all I could tell you things. stories that would be amazing. <laughs> How many staff do you have? Um, we probably have about 30 people on staff right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we look forward to some of those stories and lots more, including that famous tour that we've been hearing uh, so much about. You know, we love... Uh, Chris Rice, and he is our musical guest, and he's doing uh, Go Light Your World here on Lighthouse Live this week, and we'll be back right after this song. There is a candle in every soul Some brightly burning And some dark and cold And there is a spirit Who brings a fire Ignites a candle And makes his own Carry your candle And run to the darkness Seek out the helpless, confused and torn And hold out your candle for all to see yeah. Take your candle and go light your world Take your candle Frustrated brother, see how he's tried to 
light his own candle some other way. See now your sister, she's been robbed and lied to, still holds a candle without a Hearts are blazing, so let's raise our candles and light up the sky. Praying to our Father in the name of Jesus, make us a beacon in darkest times. Chris Rice doing more than the cartoon song there. Go light your world here on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, Rick Carson, and Susan Reiner from Right at Home. And dear friends, we hope that you are right at home here with us, and we appreciate you sharing a part of your evening with us. And uh, just so blessed to have Rick and, and Susan with us tonight. And, and Rick, we were talking a little bit about the famous tour that everybody's been talking about at the STOAC meetings and at the Healthy uh, Fair coming up, the Aging uh, uh, Summit coming up. And we want to remind our friends locally here when that's happening and around the world as, as well because this is an awesome time that we celebrate on an annual basis, and it's coming up October 15th, which is a Friday, 
and down at the uh, Doubletree Modesto Center Plaza. We just kind of take over the place on this Friday, starting early in the morning, and it goes all day long, where all kinds of people, vendors and uh, people who just care about the lives and the health of seniors uh, in every aspect, just kind of show up and just uh, are there all day long helping seniors to screen their health, everything from diabetes and blood pressure and and uh, fall prevention uh, kinds of things to all the things that you guys do with the right at home. And I get to announce door prices. <laughs> All those kinds of things. It's just really, really fun. So, but you are going to be doing something special there. Tell us about the tour. Okay, we're going to be doing um, our dementia reality tour. Tell us what it is and why it is and all that. Well, this sprang out of a need that we saw for family caregivers uh, to have better understanding of what somebody with dementia experiences all the time. Um, so what we did is we took information um, that we found on the Internet and actually purchased some information and then developed it into the program that we have now. Okay. So what we do is we have uh, the participants experience simulated dementia for about 10 minutes, uh, and it's followed by what we call the debriefing which is almost like a support group um, experience. Um, and um, when we simulate the dementia, it's very real. Um, we don't use drugs or anything like that. Um, but we do have, uh, you wear paraphernalia when you go through this, um, and uh, all of that is designed to create confusion and you become disoriented, um, you hear voices, um, and and then during this 10-minute period, you're given six tasks to complete. And um, I will say that the older you are, the fewer tasks the participants complete. Uh, the average is probably two and a half to three tasks of the six that any one person would complete. But we have seen... Uh, younger people who are used to multitasking mm -hmm. uh, do all of them. Wow. Okay. Um, there's, uh, in a typical situation, we have uh, six people going through at a time, and um, e each person is given different tasks to complete. And uh, we actually see people competing over things that they're not supposed to even be doing as one of their tasks. And... Uh, and it's a, it's a very unique experience. It's um, eye-opening. Yeah, to say the least, it would be eye-opening. Eye but even more than that, it's really life-changing. We have people come out when they're finished and they're in tears. Mm -hmm. um, we had a gentleman from South America who was a cook in an assisted living facility, and he cried two hours mm. afterwards, oh mm. and he was begging us to go down to South America and do this where he came from. Really? And uh, and we have had requests from other areas up in Canada, uh, the East Coast, and mm. uh, and in Washington area. So. And so the the purpose is to, as best we can in our current. Uh, however many faculties we have at the moment. In my case, that may be doubtful, but uh, to, to experience what it may be like 
uh, to to experience dementia, and then I, I would assume uh, a lot of that has to do with then having a better appreciation and more yes, sensitivity yes. towards the people that you're serving, right? Right. It's to give everyone a better understanding of what the dementia or Alzheimer's patient is going through on a day-to-day basis so you can understand why they say what they say, mm. how they feel, the way they act, why they act the way that they act. Um, you know, and during the tour or after the tour and the debriefing, a lot of the time, I would say in every group, probably at least half of them, the people that come out say right in the middle of the tour, they had to stop and say, oh, my goodness, mm. I'm acting just like my mom. Mm. Wow. So it is it, truly an eye-opener. It really is something. because they these patients, they really do have an agenda. They have an idea of what they're doing, and they're on a course to complete their task just the same way as the people that come through the tour are, you know. I think of the movie The Matrix, Anybody seen that? You know the the yeah, uh, <laughs> Mr. No? Al. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you begin to think, you know, uh, how interesting it is to enter someone else's world, mm-hmm. you know. And there's, of course, was technological, and this is just real, real world uh, human. Um, when you fr- you experienced this, I assume before mm-hmm. you started participating, what, what what kind of effect did it have upon you? What how did it change you? Well, actually, just the sound of it, the soundtrack. The listening to it, it makes me nauseous. Mm. <laughs> I don't. It's very confusing. It's very upsetting for me. Mm. It's. I don't like it. I don't like the way it feels. So, do you find Susan that many of the people during the debriefing process have different reactions to? There, the there are different reactions, but overall, I would say that they all end up with the same reaction in the end, and that is, I wouldn't want any. One to take care of my loved one mm-hmm. that hasn't been in these shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to some of the people uh, at the at the Stoac meetings, Rick and, and Susan, who experienced the tour, and they said it was powerful. That it truly was um, just life changing. That they would never be the same after doing that. Well, friends, if we've piqued your interest, here's a website to go to. It's mm-hmm. www.dementiatour.com. So you don't have to run to the Funkin' Wagnalls and look that up. That's spelled D-E-M-E-N, D-E-M-E-N-T-I-A, Dementia Tour, T-O-U-R, uh, dot com. I invite you to uh, to uh, take a look at that. And a phone number where people can uh, can reach you, Rick? Yeah, um, I'll give you the phone number here. It's 209-345-1844. Um, if you go to the website, there's a calendar on there that lists the current tours that we have. It also lists past tours. Um, But you can see um, where they're going to be. We do the tours typically in assisted living facilities. Okay. um, Because they have the most convenient setup for us to use for the tours. Mm. Um, It also gives them exposure so people can see that as an alternative of care for a family member. and uh, we've just found it to be very effective. Typically, a, a tour will go for four hours. Each individual participant is there for about 35 minutes, and we run up to 72 people in a four-hour period. Um, but for us, it's a lot of work, sure. a lot I'm of work. Sure. Basically, what do you need to do the tour? 
Well, the setting has to be an apartment setting. Okay. Because we want to put the people going through the tour in the exact same setting that somebody with dementia might be having or living in their own home. Mm. Now, one thing you have to keep in mind is that when somebody, a participant, shows up and goes into the setting, it's unfamiliar to them. Mm-hmm. But somebody with dementia, every day is unfamiliar to them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Michael, you mentioned a, a movie uh, about living some, in somebody else's life. There's another movie uh, out that uh, it's called 51st Dates. And I don't know if you've seen it yes, or not. And in, in that movie, um, one of the, the actress in the movie was in an auto accident. And ever since she's recovered from the accident, for her, every day is a brand new day. Mm. And there's the actor in the movie is trying to court her, I guess, for lack of a better term. And um, But every day he has to start completely all over again courting her. And uh, that's kind of like what somebody with dementia mm. uh, goes through. Uh, because when they wake up and they go into their home, their memory doesn't recognize the home that they're in. They may recognize, or in their mind, they may see a house that's from 40 years ago. And so the house they're in now is is foreign to them. And so that's why we use a facility with, a, you know, an apartment because it puts you into a situation that you're not familiar with. And then when we give the task to complete, people have to go find everything because it's not where you would expect it to be because there are no expectations Mm. because it's a new situation. Mm. It must have taken you a while to put this together. It sounds so intriguing and obviously a a lot of uh, planning and a lot of research went into this. How how long did it take you to to build this tour? Was this your brainchild? It's not my brainchild. Okay. The, the concept was developed by a woman on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And um, we started out actually using her program, um, and her program is really good. Um, but for what we wanted to do, it, it was inadequate. Mm-hmm. So we took the concept that she had and developed it into what we have now. How long did it take? It's still in, it's still a work in progress. Sure. We've been doing it since the first tour we did was last November, so it's been almost getting close to oh. a year now. Okay. And um, I think we've done thirteen, probably somewhere around there. Yeah, tours and um, coming up is we're making a big push in Stanislaus and San Joaquin counties um, with the tours right now, and I think we have six or seven probably, or maybe even more than that scheduled right now. And you're getting some good yeah. feedback, I know. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, the Susan, the comment, the, the comment that Susan made about family members wanting their other family members to go through it. Yes. Uh, we hear that all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you literally get to see what somebody that has dementia sees all the time. Well, you know, I think back to what Bob Hopper and some of the others have Mm. shared with us, how people talk and relate to their family members, you know, how we communicate with them. It might change, you know, a lot of things. 
lot yeah. of things. I'll give you an example of, and I don't want to say it's ignorance, but lack of understanding sure. of somebody that has dementia. Absolutely. Um, one of the tours that we did, the family was, uh, a husband and wife went through the tour together, and it wasn't in our area, it was in another area. And um, their dad, her dad, has dementia. He lives by himself in the foothills, and um, every what? Every week she has to go over and drive him on this route that he drives by himself other times so that he knows where he's supposed to go and stop. It's like a five-mile route. And, um, and she, she's totally fine with him doing that. Um, she doesn't realize that if she has to show him what it is every week, that he's not remembering it. Mm. And all he has to do is have one bad day, make a wrong turn, and he winds up up in the mountains on a logging road, mm-hmm. you know, runs out of gas, and gets out of his truck. Sure. And that's it. Um, you know, that, and that's just one example of some of the stories that we hear about how what people think that their family member can do. Because when you look at them, they look perfectly normal. Um, but when dementia sets in, their personality changes, and, and they're a different person. And um, you cannot expect them to be who they were before. Rick, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the signs of, uh, of dementia, what we need to be looking for. I mean, you know, my kids get wrapped around the axle because I can't remember where I put my keys, you know. But I'm, uh, and Rick's nodding his head. He's looking at me. He going, can relate. Well, That's okay, why I think Mike, every yeah. one of us can Actually, relate to that, when Mike. you say that, I think about all the times that Susan has come in the office and said, I can't find this. <laughs> well, today I misplaced a phone, and it wasn't my phone. It was Mike's. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I hate yeah. it when that happens. I, I lost the boss's phone. Help. <laughs> <laughs> Actually... Susan, I'm going to ask you to comment on that uh, that doctor that spoke up in Manteca, some of the things that you learned there, um, like 20 years before they actually start showing signs, they've already got it and things like that. That's right. Mm-hmm. He said that this comes on long before there are ever signs or symptoms of it. It's there long before, and it's a protein wow. that's in the brain. Oh and they know what happens, they just don't know what causes it. Mm. But one of the early signs would be more, rather than forgetfulness, which you can all breathe easy now, is more inability to focus and to, to, to stay in tune and to follow along with the conversation. Mm. Maybe occasional, um, in something that's inappropriate that just doesn't really go with the conversation. That would, those would be more early symptoms and signs. Uh, the doctor that spoke in Manteca, he was from UC Davis, and he was one of the bigger, he's one of the big research specialists in our area, or I guess around the world, actually. And he showed us the pictures of the brain mm-hmm. and what happens during the disease. So they can actually see it, like if they take an x-ray? Oh, it's an MRI. an MRI. Okay. It's an MRI, okay. and it's a colored MRI. So you can actually see the brain shrink. And where it shrinks, and it doesn't do it evenly. It's not like it's shrinking evenly from around. Excuse me, from around. It's little bits here and there, and so they get little holes, and that's why they have the forgetfulness. And they can remember things in the past, but they don't have any short-term memory, so they don't remember today. So they can look at themselves in the mirror and not recognize themselves because 
they're, they remember themselves as being 19 years old and they'll say, who is that? She's mm. ugly, mm. but it's really them. With your staff, as, as you bring new caregivers on, I would imagine this becomes part of their edu- education as, as well. Uh, what do you recommend that uh, they look for, and uh, how, how do you deal with some of those issues when they start to crop up? What, what, what are your folks looking for? Well, first let me say that we are non-medical, and, and Susan and I are non-medical. We can't diagnose or even try to help somebody understand the medical side of dementia. I mean, we can describe what happens to the brain, um, why it happens. Well, as Susan said, nobody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there, you know, at this point, there is no cure for dementia or for Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer's being the most common form of dementia. Um, but... <clears throat> The thing that we tell people, uh, and I think this is probably the biggest thing to learn about uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, is that you need to learn to be in their world because Mm -hmm. in their mind, their world is very real. Mm -hmm. And if you tell them that something that they're saying is happening is not happening, in their mind, they're seeing it happen, mm-hmm. and it's very real. If you tell them it's not, then what happens to the family is that they start to develop distrust, and uh, there may be some resentment building up, um, and the person that has dementia may just kind of clam up, kind of you know, crawl in a hole, so to speak, so that they don't say anything because they're afraid of the reaction. Um, <clears throat> but in their minds, it's very real. And an example that I give... Um, of, of how real this is to them uh, is a story of a, an, an older gentleman that had dementia. He was living with his son. And his son, um, they were living in the same house. And uh, the, the dad, um, every night, would call his son and say, come and there's a monster in my room. Okay, well, that kind of sounds like something the child would, would mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would come in. And the son would almost argue with him. There's nobody here. There's nothing here, you know, so on and so on. And and this went on for a long time. And finally, um, the dad called the son. And the son, out of frustration, came into the room, opened up the window, and he grabbed the air and threw it out the window. And the result was that the dad calmed right down Mm. because in the dad's mind, he literally saw the son grab this monster that was in his room and throw it outside, and it, the problem was over. So was now, the next time. night, it was back again, but at least the son sure. understood okay. that he was living, mm-hmm. you know, a reality. And so when you step from your world into their reality, um, that's when you can begin to really help somebody that has so Alzheimer's or dementia. It's not like they're hallucinating, but it's... It's like an actual it's, memory. It's natural, right, okay. right. It's okay. an actual memory. Now, of course, did we see monsters when we were kids? Nah, probably not. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, in our minds then, in his mind now, that's what he's seen. Mm. And there are stories I could tell you, Susan, too, about situations like that where, you know, they have the family member has gotten the courage to try to step into that world and say, instead of, you know, you're crazy or something like that, try to deal with them. And, and that's what we encourage in the tour right. is that they learn to do that. And so you encourage 
all of us, really, uh, to take this tour. It would be good for most of us, would you say? I would say everyone needs to take this tour. Yeah. Everyone except for the dementia. Patient. Right. We don't okay. let anybody that has right. that's been diagnosed with dementia. We need go to make through. that little disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I think. Right. Be very yeah. upsetting. Okay. For it, it is very upsetting um, to experience it when you know that this is what's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, there's over five million people in America that have Alzheimer's. That is. Mm-hmm. A, and that's one form number, of dementia. It? Yes. Um, it's the largest form of dementia worldwide it's like 28 million people Hmm. and uh, in america there's probably i'm going to say maybe over 20 million caregivers Mm -hmm. for those 5 million uh, alzheimer's patients Mm -hmm. but something you have to understand is that anybody that comes into contact with somebody with dementia that interacts with them other than a passing greeting or something like that is actually in a sense a caregiver for them sure and um and so those are the people that we're trying to reach. And those people, some of them are professional caregivers, some are family caregivers, uh, doctors, nurses, um, pharmacists. We've had pharmacists from L.A. go through the tour. Wow. Um, police officers. Great. All the way down firefighters. To, all the way down to the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant. Sure. Because Wonderful. people have to go yeah. out. Haven't yeah. you been invited across the globe i mean to parts that people wanted you to to put this tour on across the oh i'd love to do it everywhere awesome friends we've been visiting with rick carson and susan reiner from right at home and talking about the uh the dementia tour and i'm sure your interest has been piqued once again that website www.dementiatour.com or you can call rick locally here at code 209-345-1844 Two zero nine three four five one eight four four. I tell you what, time just goes by too quickly when you're enjoying wonderful guests like Rick Carson and Susan Reiner. We'll hold you closely in our prayers. Thank you both so much for sharing with us right at home. And thank you, dear friends, wherever you're listening, for sharing your evening with us. May God continue to bless you. Until next time, good night.